So as we think about Pentecost for a moment this morning and the outpouring of his Holy Spirit, I'm just going to read one passage from the Old Testament and one from the New, which talks about the work of the Holy Spirit. And the first first one's from the Old Testament, uh, from 1 Samuel, and uh, Samuel had anointed Saul's head, and he told them this in verse 5, after that you will go to Gibeah of God, where there is a Philistine outpost. As you approach the town, you'll meet a procession of prophets coming down the high place with lyres, tambourines, flutes, harps, and Pippa playing the piano, being played before them. And they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will, be, will come upon you in power, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do for God's with you. Go down ahead of me to Gilgal. I will surely come down to you, but you must wait seven days until I come. Verse 9. As Paul, as Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart. And all these signs were fulfilled that day. When they arrived at Gibeath, a procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of God came upon him in power He joined in their prophesying, and when all those who had formerly known him saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, what is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? So an experience with God. God fell on him, changed his heart. As prophets came down the road, he was, with the Spirit of God on them, he was just enfolded, absorbed, enveloped flooded with the Spirit of God, and the the Spirit of God came upon him. He started prophesying, and the Bible says he was changed in that moment. And in Acts 2, uh, the day of Pentecost, uh, Peter stood up, as we know, and he preached the first uh, sermon, and uh, people were wondering, you know, where, where where are these guys just talking? Are they drunk? Why are they speaking so powerfully and with authority? Peter stood up in Jerusalem, and he said this in Acts, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. What a change on all flesh, men and women, young and old, whatever um, section of society. And I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth be- below, the blood and fire and billows of smoke. This, this is talking about this incredible cataclysmic thing that is happening on the earth. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. That day was part of the shaking of the, the cosmos as, as God birthed a new people by his spirit. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that indeed was a cataclysmic event in history. And I just wanted to take a few moments to think about the Holy Spirit and what he does. He was poured out that day in great power and 3,000 at least people came, repented and asked Peter, what must I do to be saved? And uh, Peter shared with them, receive God's forgiveness, receive his Holy Spirit. The church was born. What does the Holy Spirit do? I've got uh, just five things, five brief things. The first thing, he brings newness 
he brings something new because God is a creative God, isn't he? He doesn't, he doesn't, he's so creative, but he loves to do new things. But we look at creation, it's a wonderful thing. Even in the beginning in Genesis 1, the earth was formless, it says, empty, darkness over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, hovered over the waters. And that began the, the, the creation of light and of trees and of animals and birds and, and human beings. God doing a new thing because his Spirit hovered over uh, the land. And when we come to uh, the, the New Testament, uh, Nicodemus, remember, came to Jesus, what must I do? Uh, and Jesus said, you need to be born again. Unless you're born of water and the Spirit, you will not enter the kingdom of God. The Spirit of God gives us new birth into the kingdom of God. He takes away our sin and our selfishness and our self-centeredness and our going our own way. And as we come to him, receive his forgiveness, he births something new inside us. It's a new birth. It's a rebirth uh, by the Holy Spirit of God. He, he gives new birth to those that respond to him and come to him. That's what he does uh, to, to the people of God. At Pentecost, 3,000 people were reborn and came into the kingdom of God. On the Pentecost is, is also a Jewish uh, festival, isn't it? Many of you will, will know that. It's uh, 50 days after Passover. It's the days of harvest. And it's often called the Feast of First Fruits. Again, it's God doing, and it's, it's symbolic of God doing a new thing. And uh, in the Jewish tradition, there's a book in the Old Testament that's read out during the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of First Fruits. Which, which book is it? Does anybody know? little tiny book in the Old Testament. Uh, it's called uh, Ruth, a lovely story of Ruth, Ruth, but in four short chapters and a small kind of um, a glimpse into, into history, God changed uh, Ruth and Naomi. Uh, he brought newness to them. First five verses, it talks about uh, so much loss and suffering and famine. There was famine in the land. Um, Naomi had to emigrate and uh, her sons uh, got married to, to, to the ladies in, in Moab. But Naomi's husband died, and the two husbands of her daughters died, and she was left alone. And it's, a, it's kind of tragic five verses of loss and emptiness, uh, which, which re reflects often our lives, doesn't it? We get to that point, the pit sometimes of despair through circumstances of life. But does God stop there? No, just there's five verses of that. But then begins God's newness. He takes them on a journey back to, to, to Israel. And then now there's the barley fields. There's no famine. Now there's, now there's barley. And, and, and um, Ruth begins to glean in the fields and she receives uh, wheat. And it's just the, the, the slow beginning of God providing for these two lovely people. Naomi said, don't call me Naomi. Call me now Mara because I'm so bitter because of everything that has happened. But God slowly ministered to her through Ruth and her heart and things began to change so that after four chapters they've met Boaz a kinsman redeemer and in the end that there is um, Ruth marries Boaz and she has a child so Naomi is left at the end with something in her hands she said she came back empty but now there's new life in her hands and that baby was Obed it's the grandfather of David and then the genealogy of, of, of Jesus Christ himself. So from loss and despair and everything that we go through, you and I 
God takes us and he does something new slowly. It, bit by bit, he provides. He gives hope. He takes away the bitterness and does something gloriously new with our lives that we understand, wow, God, you want to do something significant. Things have been taken away from me, perhaps, and I feel lost and, and whatever because of life, but you come alongside me and you put something new in my hand that gives me purpose and meaning and that I can give to others. That's our God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes and brings newness out of what is void and without form, as the Bible says. He births something new in us. You need the Holy Spirit to birth something new in you today? Receive God's Holy Spirit afresh. Receive the newness that he does constantly because he's such a good God. So he brings newness and he transforms. Even in that story we saw of Ruth, he took a frightened group of men, disciples, and that, those days of Pentecost who were hiding in their rooms. He took women, as Mark's gospel said, who were bewildered, afraid, uh, and trembling, men and women together, and he, he, he poured his spirit out and he transformed that group of people into folks that were willing to stand up in the midst of a culture that was anti-God, that the Roman Empire that wanted to crush uh, any outbreak of anti-Roman, so a uh, perceived anti-Roman activity. They bull, uh, that's why they crucified Jesus. But Peter and the others, they stood up and they proclaimed, this. yes, that Jesus is the Messiah. Through him there's forgiveness and new life. He transformed them. Peter, from his guilt, from denying the Lord, he transformed him. The ladies who were afraid, he transformed them and gave them purpose. Do we need to be transformed today? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. The, he, uh, he, he, um, later on, Paul would say the fruits of the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does in us, creates in us. What are they? What's the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Love, goodness, joy, peace, self-control. Yeah, long-suffering. It's all these things that he... He changes, but it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. He's transforming something because that wasn't necessarily there. Well, it wasn't there before, yeah? We weren't that loving people. We, we do things that hurt others. He transforms us, brings love. Where we're, when we're downcast, and yes, life does get us down, but with his spirit, he can bring a joy because we know him. You know, where we're anxious, he says, cast your cares on him. Give your cares to him. He cares for you so that you may have instead in these troubled times peace and then goodness and gentleness where there's so much violence in the world. You people of God, when the Holy Spirit is at work, there's gentleness and there's kindness and there's self-control, not just doing things out of hand to hurt ourselves and others, there's self-control. And I look around at you and I see the evidence of the Holy Spirit. I see, I see love and gentleness and joy, and peace. The Lord has been transforming you, hasn't he? Yeah. Hands up, who's, who has been and is being. We're still in the process, aren't we? But that's the work of the Holy Spirit to transform us into 
these things and more. So he transforms us. He brings newness and he transforms. And I feel I still need transformation. But So we need to continually welcome him. Thirdly, he makes God's presence real. The Holy Spirit makes his, God's presence real. Yes, he's here. Uh, we can see him in nature and uh, beautiful creation and all around. But when Jesus poured out the Holy Spirit, as many of you know, a word for the Holy Spirit is paraclete, which means to come alongside, to make God's presence known and real and, and tangible at times, although we walk by faith. And uh, Jesus, in his last days of, on this earth, he said, I will give you another counsellor, another paraclete to be with you forever. The world can't see him, but you know him. You know him. You people of God, you know him because he lives in you and he will be in you. And so Jesus said, I won't leave you or forsake you. I'll come to you. And now I'm in the Father, and you are in me, and I'm in you. What's all that mean? That's kind of such language of intimacy. That's the Spirit of God making Jesus real to us, even living in our hearts. He's, he makes the presence of God real. Shall we receive afresh the Holy Spirit to know God, to, to know his presence to know intimacy with him. That's what he's calling us to in these days. He makes God's presence real. So he brings newness. He transforms. He makes his presence real. And then he equips. Fourthly, he equips. We've been looking at in our healing safari and our teaching days this week. And for day one, we looked at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we've got natural gifts that God wants to take as we offer them to him and he anoints them. But he also gives us other gifts that we didn't earn or study for. They're called charismatic gifts. We looked at prophecy and tongues and healing and discernment and uh, wisdom and the, the gift of knowledge. He pours his gifts onto his church and I think I've counted about 30 in the Bible, not just those 12, 30, all kinds of gifts, including creative gifts. Uh, in uh, Exodus 31, uh, the Spirit of God, it says, came on Bezalel and Ohaliab. I'm not sure if I got that name right, but they will know because the Spirit of God came on them to give them creativity and all kinds of craftsmanship, it says, the working of timber and stones and design. He comes and anoints us with all kinds of creativity. He's a creative God. So you are unique. You have unique gifts. God has given, Paul says, everyone has a gift of God to be a blessing to others. What's your gift? May the Lord pour out his spirit, make real to you. Fan into flame if you know what your gifts are, are already, but reveal to you the gifts he gives to you, Holy Spirit, be poured out on your people afresh. This world needs to see Jesus, doesn't it? And it will, through your life, 
and through what God called you to do at whatever age. Act, the verses we read at the beginning, on all flesh God poured his Holy Spirit, young and old, men and women, any class of people, because he loves each one of you dearly. What's your unique gift? The Holy Spirit, be poured out. And finally, the Lord uh, refreshes. The Holy Spirit refreshes by his Holy Spirit. Do you need refreshment today? Don't run away. <laughs> but uh, to a Samaritan woman at a well, she was thirsty, wasn't she? And she drank water. But the Lord said, if you drink of this water, it will run out. You will thirst again. You need to drink the water that only I can give. Because there is more. So I don't know if you, if you come parched, life get, makes us parched, doesn't it? We come parched. Maybe some of you have come here today and we feel empty. But the Lord says, there is water. He said in uh, John chapter 7, verse 37, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, streams of living water will flow from within him. Streams of living water. Constantly. Constantly. So Lord, as you fill this vase, as would you fill the vases of our lives? need to be filled today, refreshed with living water. The Bible says, be filled. Go on being filled and filled so that you can express worship. Speak to one another in, in songs. The Lord comes and he refreshes his people. He wants to refresh you today. Those who believe in him, streams of living water will constantly flow from within. So he brings newness. Do you need the Lord to minister newness to you, to transform you, to make his presence real in whatever circumstance you're in today? to equip you afresh, to refresh you with living water. Come Holy Spirit. <laughs>